that integrity of the love of the people in that community by the way they live their lives like I, I think I mostly saw truth who Jesus was before I even really understood who he was I could see that it was true in the people people there they were living for something so much greater Hello and welcome to the Together podcast. It's a conversation about faith, justice and how to change the world. I'm Anna and today I'm joined by Sandeep and Adam. How are you guys both doing? Has anything strange or fun or exciting happened in your day or over the weekend? Yeah, what's going on in your lives, guys? Hey guys, yeah, uh, I'm Adam. Uh, Nothing like crazy exciting. Uh, I waved a friend off um, as she goes to like Malawi. I went to the cinema like twice. I love films, so went out to the cinema twice. Um, but yeah, pretty chilled weekend. How about you guys? Yeah, mine was good. Do you know what I did on Monday? I have a very fun thing that I did. I went to London for the day and I actually cycled in the traffic. <laughs> it was chaos, but I couldn't believe I did it. So that was really fun. I also went to the cinema. What did you watch, Adam? I watched uh, I watched June last weekend and then or this weekend and then last night I went and watched the French Dispatch. Oh, I watched wow. June at the cinema as well. I thought it was fantastic. It's going to turn into a movie review podcast. I'm yeah. <laughs> so, guys, if you want to check out June, please, it's in the cinemas right now. You can go at ten p.m., twelve a.m. <laughs> So yeah, in this episode that you guys are about to listen to, we'll be hearing from Jack, a university student from Exeter, about how he met Jesus and how that has transformed his outlook on life and justice. But it's time for our link up section, where we link up the connection between faith and justice whilst chatting to one of you or someone new. Yay, it's this exciting section of the show. So guys, we have to let everyone who's listening know more about us. And obviously last time we had myself, Anna and Matt, who was on the call. But this week we've got Adam. Adam, introduce yourself. Hi. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, yeah, so I'm Adam. Uh, I live in Reading, the, the, the town of bulbs, bricks and biscuits or whatever. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, so I make video and design stuff for the We Are Tier Fun pages. Um, so all the stuff you see on Instagram and yeah, just, uh, really interested in terms of, um, that justice kind of stuff I'm really interested around climate justice. Um, and that's kind of how I got into it and how I got interested in working at tier fund, particularly in climate change. The youth are so, should be so empowered, you know, it's, it's our future and their future that we're fighting for that. Yeah. That's, that's kind of where the passion comes from for me. You've really got a bit of a flavor for who I am with film and stuff. I was once on a game show with Mel Gedroich from Bake Off. Oh, yeah. I thought he was going to say Mel Gibson then, and I was going to be like, why was he on a, on a game show? <laughs> <laughs> That's cool. Have you seen that thing where she's like, Holy Spirit, activate? Yes. Holy yes. Spirit, activate on the game yes. show? And I'm like, the Christian in me is cringing, but the other yeah. part of me is like, ooh. <laughs> I love that. That's hilarious. Did you win the game show, Adam? So I could have won like two thousand five hundred pounds so so it was like a it was like a round thing uh it was basically i don't want to slate this game show but it was essentially hangman but on tv um and you had to like you had to like play off against other people and i got to the final round and then there was like a final where it was just me and my friend that i went on with and we had to get like this word and there were loads of things but each like letter that you guessed you lost like 500 pounds so i think we won like 500 pounds between us so i won like 250 oh, well done. one didn't realize we were talking to such a legend yeah. first of all he couldn't he earned 
around £500. Next time you win something, we'd like to be taken out to dinner, yeah. please. Sure. Second, when you were on the game show, did you do your buzzer sound? And please, could you broadcast it to the world? I didn't do my buzzer sound on the game show. <laughs> <laughs> so so that loud? Was that loud? That was so loud. And then... <laughs> <laughs> oh, that had an extra edge to it. <laughs> Can you do it one more time? <laughs> Sandy is love. Oh god, it's amazing. It's actually so good. I've never met anyone who can do a honking noise like that. It literally sounds like what the clowns have. Let's hear yours, Sandy. Okay, here's mine. Ha <laughs> 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 ha! It's just terrible. Right, I have a question for us all though. So if you could have a billboard with anything on it what would it be and why so adam start us off i like to be a bit playfully controversial and put like controversial like food opinions or something on it like that that custard is like really gross do you guys like custard i like custard Ah, custard is disgusting. Custard's great. So I just print on the thing. Custard's disgusting. If you're if you're eating custard, then (laughs) you should be locked up. You could really ruin someone's day. I feel like with that, they're just going to work and suddenly they just got a custard hater ruining their day. One day, Adam, I'll put a custard pie in your face. (laughs) (laughs) Since you hate it so much, (laughs) I'll be there. Anna, what would you have? What would you have on your billboard? So. To be fair, I kind of was going down the same route as Adam of something really jarring for someone to like walk past. And I can't, well, so I can really decide between something really nice. Like, you know, those, um, you know, that phrase, which is like, it's a good day. <laughs> it's a good day to <laughs> you know, have it's fun. Like, <laughs> no, I don't know that phrase. It's a good day. <laughs> no, it's like, today. <laughs> like, <laughs> Wait, I need to stop laughing. Today is a good day to have a good day. Like, something really lovely that people can look at. Or the other part of me was, like, maybe put something really weird so that people just kind of have to, like, stare and keep looking at the billboard. And then they go off to work and then they're like, oh. So those are more themes, I think. Maybe it's a cop-out, but those are my two vibes. I like that a lot. I think you guys went with, like, really cool things I, when I was thinking of this question I was just thinking about myself and I was like I put myself on the billboard <laughs> and then I had the phrase this is a phrase I made up this was this links to my London experience of cycling I was totally really scared to cycle because my first thoughts was oh my gosh it's gonna be ter- like I'm gonna die doing this like I'm gonna get hit by a car or something but then I just started doing it and it was great and my new phrase is like don't think just do yeah that's super catchy Sandy <laughs> but I love that also, I really hate to break it to you, but there is actually a large corporation that their phrase is just do it. So I think you might be a little uh, yeah. bit close to I'm that. <laughs> yeah, it's too close to just do it, isn't it? Honestly, we're on fire. We're the digital innovation team with all the creativity you could ever want. Oh, also, yeah. last question. When yeah. someone DMs us on We Are Tear Fund, are they talking to you, Adam, or Sandeep? Sometimes me. And then, Adam, do you reply as well sometimes? Uh, I, I've okay. never replied to you anybody. You just I, them. I send some messages <laughs> sometimes. Well, you always <laughs> will get a reply from me then. It's me that you... Because I've replied to people. If you're listening at home and want to submit your own question, please head to We Are Tear Fun on Instagram. You'll be messaging Sandeep because Adam apparently pies the messages. Or please leave us a voicemail. We love to hear your questions and we want to get more of you on the podcast. So just message if you want to join. 
We're going to be hearing from our The Plugin section, where we plug in to what's going on in the world, offering a perspective based on our faith. So we're in the middle of COP26. It's a really important year for climate action. It's a time where our world leaders are going to make decisions that really will make or break the future of the climate. So no pressure, but it is big. And there's a lot of, yeah, there's a lot of climate action that's happening across the world, specifically over this, but also so that we can build for a better future. Now, I was just wondering, Adam, could you share a bit more about COP and why you think it's important? Yeah, I did a lot of kind of research and stuff for a YouTube series that we're doing over on our, our YouTube channel, uh, Cheeky Plug there. Basically, yeah, so COP is essentially a, a meeting that happens every single year. Theory gets all the world leaders to come to a room or at least some someone they send along, a delegate or someone. So they just chat about climate change and what they should be doing to mitigate it. It's basically based off of the Paris Agreement or the current negotiations are based off of the Paris Agreement, which sees the government aiming to limit average global warming to two degrees and ideally as low as possible and some other bits around that but that's kind of the headline target is keeping below two degrees global average temperature warming and cop 26 is particularly important because all the governments are due to update their emissions reductions targets basically so it's a big couple of weeks for just seeing how much progress we've made and how governments are going to work together or maybe not work together and then we'll have to try and do something about that but so it's, a, it's an important two weeks but it's not like the be all and end all of everything but it's seen as kind of a really good chance and a chance that we probably should have taken a while ago to collaborate on climate mitigation yeah i think that's that's a really good way to talk about it in terms of it isn't necessarily yeah not all the decisions will be made there because also it's exclusive and who's invited to the table to have that conversation and there's a large focus on the west and what we're doing like in regards to temperature but actually there's a lot of people who are already feeling the effects of the climate crisis so i think it's yeah it's really important to have that balance of although massive decisions will be made who isn't included and how can we campaign for global climate justice and not just climate justice that helps us in the UK but yes Andeep you also went to an event well with Adam as well um, in Lambeth Palace and that was focusing on climate justice and yeah that was really exciting what what was it exactly so yeah so we were at a Lambeth event the other week and it was it was really good it was in partnership with Christian Aid and YCCN which stands for Young Christian Climate Network and this was an event run by young people um, and hosted by young people where they got the opportunity to basically ask questions to some really big influential figures. We had the uh, Archbishop Justin Welby there, who's the head of the Church of England. Yeah, Nick Baker was there, who's the Deputy Director of COP26. And we also had a video sent in from Alok Sharma, President of COP26, uh, with a little message for young people. So this was an awesome event. We had so many young people turn up from around the UK. And we had people joining online as well, because obviously it was a, a limited number event. We had lots of people joining in online as well, asking questions online that we could feed through to these influential people. But it was just a brilliant event to be at, to meet various different influential people. There was other leaders there as well from various different church denominations. Uh, We had them represented there. So it was a really great opportunity for young people to ask these questions about climate and faith. And and are we doing enough, essentially? Are they doing enough? Um, And there were some really good questions which came out of it. It was a very fancy event, might I add, as well. So I was surprised they let me go, to be honest. (laughs) But it was awesome. It was really good. And all the cake was vegan and i loved that the cake was amazing they had red velvet cake and i was like oh i didn't have a cake till the end of the event because obviously we were there working but when i got my hands on that cake 
I mean, it was good. It was so good. So yeah, fancy cake all the way. The Archbishop is a is a great baker. <laughs> yeah, he yeah. did all of it. He he literally took his he took his cake on stage. He was like, "Can I take?" Because he was like, "He was like, can I take my cake with me?" I was like, "Sure." I was like, yeah, <laughs> I'm not the cake police. Don't cool. ask me. <laughs> I was like, "Yeah, I'm not gonna like take it off you." And be like, "No, you can't." <laughs> like, I was like, "Do what you like. You're the Archbishop. Do whatever you like." <laughs> But yeah, I went to Lambeth Palace as part of YCCN's pilgrimage and I had their cake as well and that was really good. You can't go wrong with cake at an event, I don't think. It's very good. What do you think was like one of the best questions that the youth asked the Archbishop? There was one question which someone asked and basically, she, in a nutshell, what she asked was about fossil fuels and she directed it at the Archbishop and was like, so we've got an issue with fossil fuels. Essentially, her question was, why are all your supporters or people who are feeding into the Church of England, like, why are they still investing in this? Or why is the church still investing in fossil fuels? That essentially was her question, I think, if I understood it right. And so it was a really, like, challenging question that was posed to him because it was it was almost like, you see there's this problem. Why are you guys all investing in this? And she just went straight to it. And that was from a young person. And I was like, in the if someone saw my face, I was, oh, you can't see my face on the podcast. But like, I was like, oh, no, she didn't. Like, it was that kind of moment <laughs> for me. I was like, she went there. But it was great. And it, it, it was very like timely as well, because like a couple of days before Christian Climate Action had been protesting outside Lambeth about the church's investment in fossil fuels. So it was like a, a question that he was then able to like talk about these protesters and why he personally disagrees with them he was like you know form your own opinions on it but yeah I thought his answer was really interesting I wasn't really sure how he was gonna get around it or like explain it or um excuse it maybe but yeah I thought his answer was really interesting and actually hopefully at some point those clips will be up on the YouTube as well um so you can see exactly um how he answered those questions but yeah so Operation Noah I think works with a lot of churches to get them to divest fossil fuels and they've seen some really amazing successes so that's someone sometimes it can be like oh I want to get more involved who are the people I should be following so guys follow Operation Know and what they're doing also another great climate activist is Michaela Loach so she went to uni and was part of Just Love in Edinburgh and she's part of a campaign uh, where she's also she's basically suing the UK government for the way that they have been investing in fossil fuels. Um, so another one is also paid to pollute. That's a really good campaign that's going out. And then another one I'd re- these are all their Instagram handles, by the way. And then another one I'd recommend is at Global Majority Versus or Global Majority VS. Um, and they're basically just drawing attention to the majority world and what's going on there and their activism with climate justice. And they're also calling the UK government to account. Do you guys recommend any Instagram channels or people to follow if people want to engage more in climate justice activism or activism in general? Yeah, there's one which is a youth-led grassroots movement called Fridays for Future. That's one to definitely follow on um, Instagram. And they're, they're led by youth, so it's great getting voices out there that are like our own. There are a couple of uh, really good ones that I like that I follow. One's Earthrise Studio. I don't know if you've seen that, but they do like, quite a lot of explainer stuff about really complicated topics that they break down. But one thing I find with a lot of these Instagram accounts is that it's quite like often as climate changes, like their focus on like pretty scary things. And we've had this whole talk about eco-anxiety. And I think Jack talks that about in 
in his um, testimony in a minute. But there's a really good Instagram account called, I think it's just called Climate Good News, that basically kind of breaks up your newsfeed a bit with, you know, successes of campaigners and things that governments are actually doing to tackle climate change or reduce their emissions. That is, I think, is really good and gives you a little bit of hope interspersed with some of the the news that you need to hear, but is maybe a little bit more scary or, or worrying it's really good to keep hope alive and that was something that at the lambeth palace event the archbishop did share about within one of his answers about the hope he finds in god in this issue that actually god can step into this issue with us so we're not alone So that was our The Plug-In section. Before we hear Jack's testimony, Sandeep at Lambeth Palace was able to interview Toby and Jack, so hear their stories on what they're looking forward to at COP26 this year. Yeah, I think just like I was there when they set off from the G7 with the YCCM walk and then like we're so close to like the COP26 conference and going to Lambeth Palace. It's all been really exciting to see like how that's progressed over the months. Amazing. And what is uh, what are you hoping for at COP26? Yeah, I'm really, um, I really like the Tier Fund's three aims for the COP26 conference. I'm really hoping, so they're like to keep global warming to 1.5 degrees, to um, ensure that we get funding for the people who are being impacted by climate change and to cut down from fossil fuels as quickly as possible. And I really hope like the governments will like um, sign on to that because they're really important. Why is climate justice important to you? Um, well, I'd say like social justice personally is like really important to like Christian faith. We see it again and again throughout the Bible and throughout Jesus' life. And I'd say social injustice is no more prevalent than in climate change because people who have done the least to cause this are being impacted the most. And so I really believe like as Christians, we're all called to get involved with the climate crisis to like help alleviate those who are being um, impacted the most. Yeah, my name is Jack and I'm from the Cotswolds near Stratford-upon-Avon. I've been part of the Take a Stand team for a couple of months now. Awesome. So what's been your favourite moment in your climate activism so far? I'd say today was probably a highlight, meeting like Justin Welby, went to Lambeth Palace and got to chat with like a load of leaders in the different denominations in church. It was like so much fun. And what are you hoping for at COP26? I think I'm hoping for like real change, not just like some empty promises of things they can do. So I think getting the big countries like the big polluters to be giving real change and basically like drastic things so i'm praying that yeah it's basically a miracle so hi jack jack has an awesome testimony an awesome story that he's going to share with everyone today but first off you're talking to us from exeter why are you in exeter can you just tell us a bit about yourself so yeah i'm jack i am here in exeter studying at exeter university i'm in my third year studying biological sciences. I'm 20 years old. I'm originally from Bournemouth, which is where my family are as well. I really love living in Exeter. Um, for me, it's where I really feel at home. It's where I feel like I found my, my family and my people. That's cool. Yeah, I definitely found it when I was at uni. So I went to uni in Brighton, but I found that that just became home for the three years that I was there. So that's really lovely mm. to hear. Now, so my testimony is that I've grown up in a Christian family when I was 14, gave my life to Christ and kind of God's just been propelling me into more of an understanding of what he is, what that means to live for him. And I guess what it means to be like a disciple. You have a different story. So I wanted to ask, who was Jack before you met Jesus? And who are you now because of that encounter? Mm, yeah. Well, yes. Yeah. So I wasn't raised 
Christian. You know, I didn't go to church growing up. To my knowledge, I didn't really know anyone who was Christian. Um, I think, in, if I'm being honest, I was kind of ignorant and I didn't really realize there were probably Christians around me. To me, just thinking about Jesus, like it wasn't really something that I was thinking about. And yeah, I guess I just didn't really have much of a, a goal or like a, a foundation to my life. It, I was just sort of floating along and I just didn't really have any kind of importance in my life. There was something I really truly valued or treasured. And it all changed really when I came to uni. And this was in my first year, so almost two years ago. Um, a friend of mine invited to invite me to their church. And I, I thought, why not come along? You know, what what's the worst that can happen? You know, I really had no preconceived like ideas of what it would look like. And after going there, I just really felt really drawn to the community and really um I felt like I felt like I was at home really. I just from that point on I just kept on, you know, seeking that community and like trying more and more to engage with the people there and as I sort of tried to find more and more ways to bring Jesus into my life I really felt like I, I changed quite a lot of my character you know I've definitely changed internally there's a common analogy people say of like suddenly you can see with like glasses on like it's totally given mm. me a whole new vision for for life around me um, and that's not just like a vision to see the gospel clearly and, and to believe the gospel but just the way I live my day-to-day life like the most mundane things um there's just this like continuous sort of like constant background joy and like peace which anchors my life now um that not only only gives me like a stable foundation but this real childlike wonder to appreciate the things around me hopefully they can see in me that same love which I could see in the believers that I found at church you know yeah that's so cool I guess also when you're saying that kind of the background has changed now you also have the living reality of God speaks back and you hear his voice Mm. and you get to encounter him in that way which I think maybe as Christians I can take that for granted that I literally know that there's someone watching over me and like knows the steps that I'm taking and is probably protecting me when I don't know that I need protection why did you make that choice because I didn't really have any background in faith like the first time I stepped foot in church that was something that for sure drew me in like more than anything it was that integrity of the love of the people in that community by the way they lived their lives like I I think I mostly saw truth who Jesus was before I even really understood who he was I could see that it was true in the people people there that they were living for something so much greater and that that couldn't just be something like false or or just like made up to me you know it was so random and bizarre um so I got baptized in March of 2020 which was a few months after I first went to church and that for me I see as a real like cornerstone part of my faith that I was able to make that public declaration tree like make that step in faith with Jesus and really over the whole COVID lockdown I really had an opportunity to either step away from it or already go for it because suddenly I was withdrawn from the people around me and for me that just really strengthened my faith I just got to spend time with Jesus like reading the Bible and going for it and I I think it was learning more and more about him through the Bible that made me want to follow him more seeing him as a a real figure of hope and someone who just yeah has unending grace and love for all of us like it was just something that really just appealed to me and kept seeking it since yeah that's so beautiful so did you get baptized literally just before the pandemic hit and we all went into lockdown yeah it was quite perfect timing I was very fortunate I got baptized in the sea in the middle of March which is obviously freezing cold but it was just crazy and it was so much fun and it was just really nice to share it with just like my church family there and like just really just building in that community just before lockdown came that's crazy well yeah congratulations on getting baptized 
But yeah, what does justice mean for you now that you're a mm. Christian? Justice is really a real key part of my faith. So I'm a, a part of Just Love, which if people were listening and not aware of it, Just Love is this national Christian social justice charity. It's, you know, there's a not Just Love group in 20 odd universities across the country. And it's all entirely run by students. Like there are some workers who, who work for Just Love and help us run it. But the actual groups are all made by students and so I'm the secretary of the Just Love Exeter group at the moment. And we have this general holistic focus to just raise awareness of and teach the biblical calling to seek justice. And then we look to empower other students to engage with injustice in their community and to start acting upon that biblical calling. And at the moment here in Exeter, we're doing a series of events on the climate crisis. So the Christian response to fast fashion and like the, the climate effects it has and why it's important as, as young Christians. To... And then we try to pair that up with a, an action event. Um, so it's really important to give people the opportunity to then act upon it. So what we will then do is do a clothes swap event. So people can come and bring their clothes and swap them and then donate them to a homeless shelter if there's any that are spare. And I think this idea like this concept of sort of like teaching and then acting upon it has been so pivotal for like me and growing in my faith and injustice because you know we're all at different stages of un understanding the injustice in our world and many people will start off being somewhat disengaged and hopefully that that teaching kind of awakens them and gets them involved to these issues um and for me for sure i was definitely very disengaged to injustice before i was christian um you know, I've lived a very privileged, like white male middle class life. I've been largely blind to the world um, directly around me. And when I became Christian, it wasn't this immediate switch to suddenly caring about justice. But as I read the Bible, it was really clear to me that for Christians, seeking justice is not just some optional add on. You know, if we feel like it, that we can do it every now mm. and again. Amen. Um, it should just be a natural fruit of the way that we live our lives, seeking Jesus and, and pouring that love on people around us. There's this verse... It's Micah chapter six, verse eight, which really sticks out to me. And it says, he has shown you, O mortal, what is good. And what does the Lord require of you to act justly and to love mercy and to walk humbly with your God? I, I really vividly remember um, just when I became Christian, I heard this talk from um, this person that worked with Open Doors, which is this amazing charity that helps Christians in um, or countries where they're persecuted for having faith in Jesus. I think that was the first time I was really moved by injustice. Like I had this amazing new faith I wanted to share with everyone. And suddenly I, I realized that that was quite a privilege in itself. That's something that I really want to highlight is that, you know, there are many people who may not be Christian and they may be looking for answers and solutions to the world's problems. And for me, Jesus really has been the answer. Like I didn't seek faith looking for something to find justice in. You know, it, it wasn't something I really cared about before. But having that relationship with Jesus has given me a calling and a real hopeful foundation for change to come, which is something I'm now so grateful for. And it's something that we should be sharing with all our friends that don't know Jesus. That's so true. And I, I love what you said about it being like a hopeful foundation for you to stand mm. on. Because I think a lot of what I'm seeing in the justice conversations mm. is that, and although that's quite general, but just there isn't a lot of hope. Like, what do we know about the climate? Like, what's going to happen? Are we too late? this problem that problem it keeps coming but I think to know that your faith gives you a foundation to then keep acting on and to keep pursuing love keep pursuing righteousness keep pursuing justice it, yeah it's just such an encouragement also what I love what you said is about Jesus caring about it and him not being distant because it reminds me of one of the verses in the gospels where Jesus is like whatever you did for one of the least of these you did for me so mm. and I think in some justice issues that have like a global impact like climate it can feel 
like oh it's over there but actually if Jesus gives dignity to every single person on this earth and Mm. isn't distant but is like working for them then we as the church and we as Christians as well need to give that same dignity and that same intimacy and to follow Jesus like you were saying calls us to be present in those moments COP26 the conference of parties where world leaders are making massive decisions about the future of climate is happening this November so it's a pretty Mm -hmm. big couple of months yeah what are you calling other people to stand for yeah it's a really important time I think for me being a biology student I've always been passionate about nature like that's something that a lot of people in biology have really like grown up with and I never would have used the term climate justice you know before I was Christian but I I guess in a sense it was what I'd always wanted and yearned for and that passion for nature is still really important in my faith like I have you know a real sense of wonder and joy for the natural world which I think is a great way to stir up passion for climate justice we have such an invitation as Christians to share in that joy to actually like stir up a passion for climate justice just in how beautiful and amazing the creation around us is But not just that, I I also think the main integral reason for why us as followers of Jesus should seek climate justice is just that climate justice is a huge social justice issue. Like climate change is often described as a threat multiplier, which means that it is as it progresses and continues to be a problem, it facilitates many other justice issues to spread and deteriorate. Take, for example, a community where they rely on subsistence farming. When an event such as a drought occurs and it's prolonged, just because of the changed effects of climate change that results in poverty and a lack of resources, which then breeds further injustice, such as greed, deepening to violence and oppression. It just becomes this vicious cycle. I really remember I, I heard a talk by this amazing guy called Jack Wakefield, who I know actually works for Tear Fund. Um, and <laughs> we didn't was, we didn't pay him to say that, everyone. No, no, no. Uh, just a great guy. <laughs> He was describing this conversation he had with a friend in Honduras. And this friend was talking about how in the Bible, rain is often seen as a blessing and a sign of God's abundance. And now for this community, like it, it spells disaster. Like the, the, the changes that climate change has brought about means that the rates of rainfall, they now experience is damaging and it causes flooding that they're unequipped for. And that really breaks my heart that we've wreaked such havoc on creation. There's something that was intended by God for blessing is now in such disarray and disorder that it has the complete opposite effect. And these sorts of stories like show and highlight how disproportionate the effects of climate change are. And as I was saying earlier, like we as followers of Jesus are called to seek justice for the oppressed. Um, And Jesus' teaching was built on the idea of loving, loving our God with all our heart and loving our neighbor as ourselves. And what is clear is that climate change is deeply affecting people. And that means that it is relevant and of paramount importance to us as followers of Jesus. No, that's really true. And thanks for challenging us again that climate justice is a multiplier of many other injustice issues. Because about climate justice is racial justice. You can't take out the racism in it in terms of who's affected by it. There's a rise in climate refugees, there's famines, we're seeing drought, we're seeing that rise. So yeah, it can be, I think it can feel also like a little bit of a scary time, I think, especially for our generation. Although I guess privileged here in the West that we're not experiencing right now, it is there are question marks about what is our future going to look like. But I also know for like young children, they're questioning whether they even will have a world to live in so that comes with a lot of eco-anxiety now how do you especially as you keep your head in the game you're like working on this you're not taking a break from it how do you deal with eco-anxiety you know God promises to bring peace Jesus was the prince of peace but still humanly we can feel like we're struggling with that so yeah do you have any tips for us I want to talk about eco-anxiety because a real scary issue um, climate change 
And I also understand that a lot of people can come away from hearing something like this and just feel guilty or like they're even more helpless than they were before. I just really want to highlight to people that we are followers of Jesus, which means we're hopeful and victorious people. Um, like the Bible gives us a genuine hope that God will restore creation not just every broken relationship within his family but like our relationships with creation he'll restore all of it and don't get me wrong i don't think that's an excuse to just sort of like take a step back and be ignorant of the problem because i think the reality of the world right now isn't where it eventually will be but right now we can seek climate justice with boldness and confidence knowing that we are walking with jesus and for me that gives me massive hope that's an invitation i want to extend to everyone listening that as Christians, we have something so much greater and without Jesus, we are nothing. You know, it's really important to understand when eco-anxiety is getting to you because it's not healthy or sustainable place for us to be coming from when we when we serve and fight for justice. And, and trust me, from knowing life, like with and without Jesus, his hope and his love is a much more stable foundation for seeking justice, which is not to say that we're perfect machines, but when we lose sight of this or you know, when fear or worry begins to set in, read the Bible or, or, or find God in prayer and worship. And it's within our relationship with him that we can truly come from a place that is healthy. Um, and so it's so important that when we are fighting for climate justice, that we remind ourselves that we walk with Jesus and we do it for his glory. That's really important to know what is the place that you're coming from with justice. Is it anger? Is it fear? Is it being scared because I think that can really change how sustainable it is and how long we go for and there is there is a righteous anger don't get me wrong mm. um does say that you can be angry and not sin but I think it can be careful where your heart is on that but I think something that maybe I haven't seen I'm gonna make a sweeping statement I haven't seen as many people tap into or I haven't is doing justice out of a place of triumph and victory like you were saying mm. and then it reminded me of the passage about when they walked around the walls of Jericho with like trumpet sound and it was out of that that they won the battle in Joshua and mm. almost like what does it look like to be so convinced of the joy and so convinced of the eternity that God is bringing that actually in our joy and triumph we see battles fall almost like that song raised a hallelujah like in the presence of our enemy like God prepared a table because our enemy doesn't affect us in that way and not in a naive way but actually we we can't survive without hope like we're not going to be able to do this and it's actually with hope that there can be a lot of strength and passion so yeah I think that's really made me think and I'm sure it will have made other people listening to this as well of yeah what's the motivation behind your justice and does it need to come back into God and ask him to realign it to a place of triumph and victory, knowing that we've won? We've won it in the end. We know what's going to happen. So actually using that to propel us now, which leads me on to my final question. And I think sometimes as youth, we can be a bit split. There's like this thing happening there, this thing. We've only got to pick one justice issue. So we're all going to divide and segment off. But actually, I think there's power in collective actions. What do you think young people um, should rise together and unite in when it comes to seeking justice? Well, yeah, definitely. I think for young people, take every opportunity that you can to, to educate yourself and read up about what's happening. You don't really have to read anything crazy, like just reading the news. It helps us to see why it's such a big issue and why it's important. A great Christian charity, which um, has great resources, is Arosha. So they have lots of resources on climate injustice. So you can read up on that. And I think we should take every opportunity we can to, to share with people why it's important to see climate justice um, and particularly from that standpoint of loving our neighbor and we can definitely be campaigning for change to happen as well 
And that can look like a lot of things, but like signing petitions. And even on a local level, like we can be pushing our own churches to be more vocal and to live more sustainably. Going back to Arosha, they have this amazing thing called Eco Church, which essentially provides guidelines to churches to live more sustainably. And if your church isn't already signed up to it, then push it to be signed up to it. It's very easy. You know, I think where possible, we as Christians should be making decisions that counteract consumer culture. And one of the best ways to do that is really just to spend time being grateful about the things we do have like finding a joy for simplicity and like finding joy in having enough. And it's important that we we know when we're reaching our limits and we don't want that to feel like something that we're just taking a step back from and not being ignorant of the issue. But actually, like we need to remember that we can't do it alone. And and thankfully, we have the hope and the power of Jesus on our side. And, and I think I think there is a challenge when we're not engaging with climate justice, for example. Actually, like we should be involved. You told us that it's like part of Jesus call. And then I was just thinking, actually, Jack, what do you wish you had known when you were like 15 years old or something? Or, yeah, if you could give advice to your younger self, what would you say? I mean, my yeah, my 13 year old self didn't know Jesus. And I think that's ultimately like where my mind would go to. Even if you do know Jesus and you're like 13, you know, you're a young, young person listening to this. He is so incredibly faithful and everything in life, whether it's a justice issue or whether it's just petty fight with a friend at school I don't know everything everything that happens in your life Jesus really intentionally cares about and he's faithful through all of that that's so good I think we should leave it there at that amazing amazing finish (laughs) yeah I love what Jack shared just I think about his how the church for him and like the goodness and the joy in the church was what led him to really start to pursue that journey with Jesus just really inspired me and made me think like actually yeah it's so cool that we get to be part of that so I found that testimony amazing but what stood out to you guys how about you Adam what do you think you've really taken away from his testimony yeah I think to be fair his testimony is not dissimilar from my own I know both of you guys were what I would call like lifelong Christians like or Christian born into Christian families that's not the case for me like I think pretty similar to Jack like I was brought in by that kind of like community like friendship and fellowship aspect of it and then kind of just kept getting invited to more and more things and enjoying more and more things and understanding more and you know going to big events like Soul Survivor when that was on and Big Church Day Out and things like that with youth groups and things is really how I got into it so that kind of way he talks about how he was like floating around without much purpose like it doesn't he didn't know what he was kind of meant for basically kind of resonated with me yeah and just being that being brought in by that community what stood out to you sandy there was a line he said where he said he said that he found like such a sense of joy and peace and almost like a childlike wonder and when he said that i was just like that's so lovely like that that is what meeting jesus is like like you get filled with this absolute joy and peace and that childlike wonder i was like yes don't grow up go to neverland i'm joking but something i really liked though on his journey that he shared with justice and how he views justice from a Christian perspective was that he read the Bible and that was what shifted his relationship to justice I guess in one way and I just really like that that actually there's a lot of misconceptions about the Bible what we read and sometimes we can have like yeah generalizations of what we've only heard but I really like that actually when he went and actually read it for himself his views got shifted and actually he was probably like realizing whoa we are here to take care of the planet. Like we're here to look after things around us and look after one another. And those are essential 
and that's what it means to follow Jesus. Yeah, I totally agree. I think also having the biblical view of justice or rooting it in that is a really solid foundation to come from because if if we do believe that the Bible is truth, then what you're pursuing from justice and what you're trying to do is coming straight from truth rather than someone's opinion or what you think is the right thing. It's actually what Jesus has said is the call for us. And I think, especially in the Old Testament, when it talks about like the call to like decree justice and declare that out, or even just like Jesus reigning on the throne in justice and righteousness, I think I've had maybe more of a biased focus on like my morality and making sure I'm doing the right actions. But justice is just a core part of how Jesus reigns as well. So am I like pursuing that? And it's come from understanding like the fullness of what the bible says about that that i think i've had like a deeper understanding of my own justice journey but what about you guys how do you think your faith comes into your justice work that's kind of the the foundation of of why i'm interested in justice work and why i'm interested in climate justice and social justice issues and things like that but there are so many great people out there who aren't christians that are doing the same stuff so i was also kind of like inspired by those people who don't have this this reasoning that i have to to be interested in justice but i think yeah like for me it is the the main thing as to why i'm interested in in making these changes just because of of how god asks us to love everybody and you know take care of the planet it's just so core to that i can't imagine how i would have got into it or been this interested in it without that faith. Yeah, and I think for me, I think my faith's really came into come into play in action, particularly in situations of racial justice or racial injustice, I should say. My whole life, it's it, obviously having brown skin, just you treated a little differently sometimes. And but my faith in those moments, my faith has had to kick into gear. And some of these things that it talks about, like Jesus' teachings of loving loving your neighbours, but also loving those who curse you or loving your enemies. And, oh, it's so challenging, so challenging. But this thing, it flips justice on its head and it's like mercy and justice like going together. I just think about that and I think how, yeah, how my faith shifted into gear in those moments in pursuing justice and saying, that's not right. And being bold enough to call it out and say, that's not right because of this. This is why. My faith helped me to really understand that, to say that actually that's not right. And I can say I can say that's not right because that isn't loving to other humans, not a mirror of loving one another. And so when I look at how God has created us to love one another, and he's created us to love him and then one another. When I don't see that happening, that makes me go back to God and be like, God, this isn't working. What can we do about it? And that's exciting. It's challenging, but it's also exciting because we have a God who can step into our injustices. Uh, we have a God who wants to step into our injustices and help us in those moments. That is what shifted my, on my journey with justice, that's really shifted it, that God actually steps into it to fight with us, to fight on our behalf sometimes when it's too hard for us to physically do anything. He steps in. And, and I think that has really shifted my outlook on this walk in making this world a more just place. That's so good. I Yeah, God's really challenged me on love because I think I watered it down when I was younger. It's kind of like, oh yeah, okay, Jesus. You know that song which is like... Jesus loves me, this I know. Yeah, for the Bible tells me so. <laughs> and I think it became yeah. such like a buzzword in church that I, like when someone, either someone would tell me that they love me or even like God would remind me, I'd kind of brush it off. But God's really challenged me about like the depth of his love, like in the way that Jesus even died for us for the sake of love. But in 1 Corinthians, it says like love is patient and kind. It does not envy, it does not boast, it's not proud. It does not dishonor others. It's not self-seeking. It's not easily angered and it keeps no record of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil 
fearful, but rejoices with the truth. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. And I think having that, as you're saying, like Sandeep, injustice, like what does it look like to not dishonor others, to keep no record of wrongs, to not delight in evil, but rejoice in the truth. Like that's a really hard, but really deep level of justice and a deep level of love which I definitely can't do like without God's help. It's also just really, I don't know, the compassion of God that he loves us in that way as well. And we get to reflect that. It's, some, it's just like a privilege to be able to share that. But yeah, it takes his like grace and his help for us to do that. Yeah, it's so interesting, isn't it? I like that. I love that verse, what you just read out, Anna. And, you know, it's hard as well because it's a hard mix between burnout, eco-anxiety and apathy. So, you know, we can all want to be striving for justice and working towards that. But there's these real life things of like burnout that happen and then can creep in so subtly. But how do we navigate it? How do you guys think we can navigate this? And especially as young people in this world? Yeah, keeping that hope as well like looking at the good news looking at you know seeing when good things are happening and focusing on on those as well as as maybe things that need still need to be improved and yeah just having that that hope that i think is i guess not unique but is maybe a little different for for christians like it's maybe easier for us to see hope in our future because we believe that that is what God has in plan for us rather than non-Christians who might not necessarily believe that or not necessarily believe that there's like this this plan for their lives and for the planet. I've noticed there's a difference between when I'm doing it for like a religious reason or I feel like I have to do that and when I'm doing it because God's invited me and shown me why he says it's like important. So I think it's really discerning like friends with family, like with church members or just really thinking through, okay, like what are my strengths? What are my gifts? What is God wanting me to do in this moment? And I think being really open and humble as well for him to challenge you of, okay, you're doing that, but actually like about these people, like you honoring them or what about like this person who's next to you in your local area, like how much are you committing to that? So I think, but also not doing stuff because you feel like you have to, but doing it because you've sensed this like invitation from God to lead you deeper in into that and I think when you do it out of like invitation there's just so much more joy than like oh I have to and the should have would have could have of the Christian life like God hasn't called us to a must he's called us to a let's do it because we know why and because it has transformation and an impact I like that yeah and I think as well like with anything if you're experiencing burnout or you're on the cusp of it like really important to like look after your health and well-being above all of this because you're not going to be good for anyone or able to fight these issues if you're not looking after yourself first. And I think there was an article that we released about Emma Raducanu's journey to success. And actually, like, the very fact that when she went for the Wimbledon, for th- this was like a couple of months before she won the US Open, she went to Wimbledon, she pulled out because of mental health reasons. She said, oh, like, I can't do it. And she pulled out of that. And that must have been really hard for her to do at such a young age. But if she hadn't done that, months later, she wouldn't have won the US Open, I don't think. I think there's something that's really important about first taking care of yourself, having self-awareness on when to rest well amongst all this. Like, yeah, looking after yourself is really important. Eight out of 10 people feel that the country has failed to take care of the planet. You know, four out of 10 people are not going to be having kids because of climate change like that is devastating because actually God's plan is for us to be fruitful and multiply that we would do that we'd partner off and have children and populate this earth like the fact that people are feeling like I'm not going to have kids because of this that's really sad 
Mm. Yeah, in that same talk that we listened to, they were like, you know, we understand that this is like frightening and there's a lot of eco-anxiety and worry, but also it's an opportunity for courage. It's an opportunity for leaders to say, we haven't done enough. We haven't actually supported who we were supposed to. So let's change what we're doing. It's an opportunity for us as young people to say, we can't, this isn't okay. We can't live in a world that's going to look like this in the future. So let's rise up and act. And it's also an opportunity for courage as well. If pride's in the way to actually say, no, I need to take a step back. I'm going to look after this. I'm going to deal with whatever God's told me to do right now. And then I'll come back. And I think like, let's all remember, like we're in it for the long game. Like we're long-term, like love perseveres. Yeah, just, just think like, what does it mean for me to persevere in justice? I was watching June at the cinema. Okay, we spoke about this at the beginning of the podcast. We watched June. And in that movie, there was one quote that someone said, a great leader doesn't want to lead. He's called to it. And especially as young people, we are all called to lead now. There is a difference in the generations that are coming up that there are leaders being born left, right and centre. It's like, you know, before back in the day, it was like you have one person in a generation. We all have to take responsibility in our spheres of influence to be those leaders in our circles. It doesn't always look big scale, but it looks like how do we do it for now? And we're all called to it as Christians, especially as young Christians, to take on that call from God of, are you going to take care of the planet? Are you going to fight this with me? I'm going to be with you every single step of the way. That's what God says to us. I'll be with you always. It's so exciting, guys, what we get to be a part of together, isn't it? A great leader doesn't want to lead. He's called to it. None of us want the climate problem that we've got. None of us want any of it. But we're called to fix it at the moment. And we're called to make a difference in the spheres that we have around us. The great invitation. Mm. So I just love to pray. I think prayer also really helps us to persevere because we're drawing on God's strength, not ours. So yeah, I'm just going to pray. But yeah, dear Father, we just thank you so much for your truth. We thank you for the Bible, the word of God. We thank you that you sent your son, Jesus. We thank you for the love and the sacrifice that Jesus came for us so that we could receive eternal life. And just that we've heard that in Jack's testimony. We thank you that life from you means that we are transformed. We go from glory to glory. It means that like we look different. We love different. We believe in things that are different and we're stronger for it. And just thank you, Lord, that yeah, you don't just ask us to believe in you for like believing sake, but actually because you've given us a calling and a purpose to go out into the world to transform to use the authority we'd be given from Jesus to really decree your justice to decree your righteousness and to imitate you and live that out so I just pray for anyone who's under the sound of my voice that whatever they're going through Lord whether they need rest whether they need peace whether they need comfort that you would just release that over them right now or whether they maybe have insecurities or they want to grow in confidence when it comes to activism or they might not know what they should do to take that next step or to really like push for justice I just release over them right now confidence I release over them clarity of purpose clarity of direction clarity of destiny as well over them I pray for anyone who's struggling with eco-anxiety or they're worried about the future Lord may you just meet them where they're at may you give them a hope that there is something there is an eternal world that we get to look forward to but may that hope and that eternity mindset be something that spurs them on now I pray that you would release everyone under the sound of my voice to be a voice to their generation to not stop but to persevere in love i pray that you would teach them the depth of what your love is that we would receive that first and then overflow and love other people and yeah lord i just i just pray that you provide the people and the community around them that they need to do what they want to do and may um all of us stay humble for you stay following you stay submitted to what um you want us to do be spirit-led even if that comes with sacrifice and cost but know that there's life on the other other side of those decisions so i just pray all of that in jesus name Amen. 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 Amen.